The following is a hoop ball presentation. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is your host, David Williams. I got with me today, as always, my co-host, Mr. Sam Bruski. And we have a special guest, Ms. Sharon Brown. She is a beat writer for the Memphis Flyer and the co-founder, co-founder, I can't even talk English is hard, Sharon. I apologize. Of all hard in Hoop City. Sharon, I'm going to step back for a minute and let you tell everybody a little bit about you. Okay. So what what, what do you want to know? All right. So the co-founder of All Heart and Hoop City, Amy, was on with us a couple of weeks ago and kind of told us a little bit about the website and how you guys started it because there are not enough women in the business. And so you guys wanted to do an all all women website, like have all women writers and you guys do the whole thing. So, yeah. So I, what I, happened with that is I um, we were in like Facebook groups and then there were plenty of Grizzlies fans. And then it's just like when the women said something, people dismissed it. And then I was like, I, that's not right. Cause you know, it's just like, I'm, I'm a person where I speak up, you know, for things that are not fair. I always speak up for it. So I was like, well, we, you know, we just said the same thing. Why you didn't listen to us. So there wasn't a voice, you know, the women, women didn't really have a voice. And then like all these blogs were out there and, there were barely women on writing. It's just mostly men. And so I was like, well, why don't we just start something, you know, for women, you know, because our voice is just as, you know, good as theirs. And then like, um, when we started out, you know, a lot of people was like, well, yeah, we'll support you guys, all this and that. But when we started writing and they saw that we were good, that support Wayne, it was like, oh, wow, there's competition, you know, Right. So it and then it has opened up a lot of opportunities for me and us, really, when we started all hard. So what led like have you always have you grown up a Grizzlies fan? Were you born and raised around the Memphis area? And so you were like, That's no. the home team? No. No, no. Um what happened was um I lived in Mississippi and then we moved to Illinois and then, you know, like I stayed in Illinois for like thirteen years and we moved to Memphis in 2003 and so i've been a grizzlies fan since then okay when did you start writing like just in general covering the grizzlies when did you start covering the grizzlies okay we started out covering the grizzlies um in 2014 when we started the site but like my uh journalism career if you would call it that i started my first article i ever written was about basketball when i was back in my junior college days and that was my first article it was a basketball article so it always has been there but I changed my major to law but I always always wanted to write okay so did you grow up a basketball fan um yeah because you know I like the the Jordan uh Bulls I like the I like the uh, Magic Lakers and all that because I'm a bit older than everyone else so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I grew up watching Jordan too. So that's, you know, I, I'm, I've always been like for as long as I can remember, always been a basketball fan. And then we just recently started covering the Grizzlies. We got uh, season tickets for the first time last year and it just kind of, you know, my son's favorite team was OKC 
And so I kind of like, I liked Westbrook and I liked the, the things that he brought to the table, like the tenacity that he played. And so I'm like, okay, you know, we didn't root for any of the same teams. I'm like, all right, I'll root for OKC. Well, then we bought the season tickets because there were players that we wanted to see. And then we get down there and we start watching the Grizzlies. And, you know, I, like I'd watch them some just because they are a local team. I'd watch them some before that, but I didn't really become a, a Grizzlies fan until last year when we done the season tickets, just watching these guys and watching them on a day-to-day basis and the way they carry themselves. But, yeah, I – I've definitely like all my life been, been a basketball fan. You said you, you're, you kind of, you said journalism career, if you want to call it that, what was your first uh, writing job or like who, who did you, was the, like the website, was that the first thing that you had ever done? Like no, actually uh, for, I wrote uh, some articles for the, um, the school newspaper. My first article was, was a basketball article about, one of the guys, he was uh, a star basketball player at the community college, and he also was a youth minister. So my first article was about basketball. Gotcha. And and then from there, where did it move on to? Did you, like, before the flyer, were you with anybody else at all, or are you just, like, from well, the school? I, 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 okay, so I wrote some articles for the Tri-State Defender. That's It's a local paper here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, um, who else? I wrote for ESPN, The Undefeated. I wrote an article for Complex. It's just, I have written all over. It's just like when the opportunity, when we started our heart, they opened up another, other opportunities for me to actually write and to get paid to to write. Because some places I wrote for free for a minute, but Mm -hmm. I decided that I'm talented enough that I don't want to work for free anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, you got the talent, get paid for it, for sure. Right. All right, so now we're going to move into Grizzlies. We, we know a little bit about you, and we, we talked about the website quite a bit with Amy. I So I I'm, I don't remember if I asked her this or not, but I was thinking, so I'm going to ask you. So you made the – you got the website, and, you know, it's, it's women writers all, like everything written by women, and I like mm-hmm. that because I agree there's not enough women that – you know, there, there's women that are putting in the work that are not getting the recognition – and so, like, I, I like the, the cause behind the website. But when you, when you launched the site, was it really, like, was the cause at the, like, I know you wanted to support the cause, obviously, was, but was that at the forefront? Or was it like, okay, we're going to write because we know that we're good. And then if it grows, we want it to be because of the writing. Or were you hoping that because of the cause that it would help boost it? Well, I mean, it's just like I wanted people to see that we were just as good as anybody else. That That's the thing. And we knew what we were talking about. And then it's just like, and I wanted to clarify something. It's just even though that I like the Grizzlies or whatever, I like the entire NBA. And then it's just like I'm a legitimate reporter and I'm not just, it's, just, it's not just a fan thing with me. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's like we wanted to basically we wanted to not be invisible. And we wanted people to know who we were and then maybe, you know, opportunities would come for us. Yeah. And it seems it's it's worked out that way for you, right? Seeing you you right. had pretty good right. luck with that. Yeah. Right. 
Good deal. All right. So let's, let's move on to the Grizzlies now. The easy stuff, right? You, you know about these guys. You write about them all the time. Let, let's start off with the uh, the trade deadline moves. How do you feel about, like, we can break them down if you want to talk about them individually or if you want to talk about them as a whole. How do you feel about the moves that the Grizzlies made at the trade deadline? Okay. Um, For me, I really hate trades. <laughs> I hate, I, I really do. I hate uh, doing the time because people will say who, which player is going to do this and what their value are. And with me, myself, everything can be good on paper until people actually start playing together in, with chemistry and everything. Okay, so I get to the trades now. Um, yeah, no. I think it's going to work out for the Grizzlies because um, the guys on the team, they have one mind. We don't have, they don't have any egos or anything like that, and they, they're buying into what the coaching staff put before them this season and it's going to work out. They, they didn't uh, get anybody who had an ego and everything because I don't think they're going to keep Dion waiters. Yeah. I think he's going to be good. good move. Yeah. We, we were talking about that earlier and I like, I respect waiters and like, I'm not going to say I respect the way that he plays the game because I feel like he is a me player and this mm-hmm. team, this team, just like you were saying, it's not about, me it's a we thing and i was when they made that trade like i knew that it was a money thing and i'm Mm -hmm. like i i hope that they don't keep him because i feel like that's not going to be good for the locker room but you know chemistry is a big deal that you know Mm -hmm. that that for me seeing the early on like in the beginning of the season when they were struggling the one positive for me that stayed true and, and it's it's been that way the whole season it started in the summer league when Ja and Jaron were at the summer league with these guys, the chemistry, yeah. it just seems like it ramped from there. You know, it started at a decent level level almost immediately and just ramped. So you, you feel good about the uh, Winslow and, and uh, Gorgi Zhang. I can't ever, I think that's how Gorgi Zhang. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. His name kicks my booty. I feel like because it's just like, there's a connection <laughs> already because it's just like, Grayson Allen and um, Tyus Jones has a connection to Justice Winslow. Uh, mm-hmm. Jane has a connection to Tyus Jones. So it's going it's going to work out because they know these people. Yeah, you know, and even, they know they have relationships with them. And, and that's, it's, it's like, the same for – I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. Oops, but, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Jordan Bell is the same thing, and I don't know that he'll be a key piece moving forward. I don't know if they'll sign him. After, you know, after this year, he's restricted free agent, but you know, he, he played college ball with Dylan. Right. There's already some, like all the guys that they're bringing in already have some sort of chemistry with somebody on the team. Right. Right. It's it's nothing new. It's just like, Oh, Hey, I know, I know this guy used to play with him and, you know, and what I think is going to be good. And then it's just like, they're still young. They're still, still learning. But the only thing that I really was uh, weary about is that they lost the veteran leadership of Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. But um, I think they're going to be fine because they still have Tyus Jones in there. They still have Kyle Anderson and um, Valentino still there. And then the coaching staff is amazing. You know, they're still helping helping the players and the players are actually li- listening. Nobody thinks they're above the team right now. And I think that's, that's what's good for them. Yeah. And 
I didn't know a ton about Jenkins before he came to Memphis. And so I, I had to go back and, and see where he came from. I knew obviously he was with the Bucks, but you know, like just to see where Giannis was from like his first couple season to what he's developed into and not saying that Taylor Jenkins was all of that. Cause obviously he's not, but he played a role in that. And so you right. see some of the work that he has done that has been successful and then you watch, you know, the way that Jaron's game has grown and, you know, the way he's shooting the ball this year is just crazy to me. I, I love it. I love seeing a big guy out there just, you know, knocking them down. You know, he, he's the best three-point shooter on the team, and I'm completely okay with that. So, right. you know, it's it, it has brought a lot of excitement for us. You know, they're getting a lot of, uh, of national publicity that the Grind City – guys they didn't get because they didn't have like and and don't take this in the wrong way this is not a bash on mike conley like conley is and was a phenomenal player for memphis but he's not he didn't have the explosive superstar power that john morant has and so these guys are getting this national publicity early in the in the thing as compared to the grind city guys, you know, they were a playoff team beat San Antonio when they shouldn't have. And they got noticed a little bit then, but through the, the biggest part of the process, because it's a small market team, they weren't getting gassed up like these guys are early on. And so, you know, a lot of people, you see a lot of John Morant jerseys. I went to a game around new year's in new Orleans and the Grizzlies were not even playing down there. And there were a couple kids with John Morant jerseys on. And I'm like, man, this is crazy seeing, you know, that th this is a Grizzly guy and he's already like, here I am in New Orleans and the Rockets are playing the Pelicans and there's kids with John Morant jerseys on. And so that that's going to be interesting to watch play out as he continues throughout his career. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's something because uh, Pete Branica says that when, when he, uh, goes on the road every time people are always asking him about job. And that's, that's really a good thing for the franchise to have a player of that caliber. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you see the, um, the conversation about Dylan prior to Dylan signing the extension? Did you see the, the conversation? It was, um, Oh my goodness. I lost his name. Grizzly bear blues guy. Um, Oh, what's his name, Sam? I cannot think of his name. He posted a poll on Twitter, and he was asking, like, what people would offer Dylan Brooks. And he he was saying, um, he was saying like three years, thirty nine was kind of his cap or something like that. And that was kind of similar to what the contract ended up being. But there were people talking about giving him more before he signed his contract. Which side of that were you on? Were you on the pay Dylan side or were you on like, okay, this is my line. And if anybody offers more than that, he can walk. Okay. And again, I'm not like the traditional Jones and all these other people. Hey, that's Robert Perry money. He can pay whatever he wants. I really don't care. <laughs> 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 I don't have an opinion on that one way or the other. Because it's just like, if these players, okay, so if these players can get, you know, what they think they're worth, I mean, amen to them, you know, that, yeah. that, that's their money, you know, it's not coming out of my pocket or anything, 
I got but, you. But, you know, I'm happy that he, you know, he got the extension because it's just like, I was, you know, this season, early on in the season, I was pretty hard on him. But he slowed down. He's buying in. He's been a great player for mm-hmm. the team. So he, he got what he deserved. Yeah. That, he really did. And I'm happy for him. And, you know, he's a part of the future of the franchise. He's been a lot more consistent as of late. And that's like early in the season, it was a seesaw with him. It was mm-hmm. feast or famine, it seemed like. And so we, we were pretty rough on him as well. <laughs> I, I was never that's on the... That's an understatement. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> never on the, the get rid of him side of it. But One of my friends said that every time I, t- every time I talk crap about players, they start, you know, doing well. So I crapped mm-hmm. on Dylan. I crapped <laughs> on Marco Guterich. Because I was like, Marco Guterres, I said something, and then like, they pulled him from the lineup. And then I talked to <laughs> him. been playing good. And then every time I crap on them, they just they start playing well. You got you got the magic touch. I have no idea. It's just like I say something, and then they start. I'm like, okay, oh, well. Because I think you said something about Jay Crowder before. <laughs> I was yeah. like, man. He was... I, I think like his stretch prior to that trade, I don't know this for sure, obviously, but I feel like it hurt his value a little bit. I feel like if, if he had continued, you know, cause he started off the season pretty well mm-hmm. and then he, he had like there toward the end, he had a, a dry spell where he was just like, he was still out there contributing in, in some ways, but like he was awful from the field. And I'm like, man, if he had kept playing the way that he was from the beginning of the season, Maybe maybe the Grizzlies could have got another draft pick or something out of that deal, but you know it, it is what it is. I'm happy with the return that they got in that trade. Yeah, and then yeah. it's just like he, um, to me, he and I think he said it in an interview or whatever. He really don't care about scoring. He just want to play good defensively and you know all that. Yeah, and, and you know facilitating help the other guy. Yeah. I don't really think that scoring is really his thing. That he, you know, yeah, he doesn't up. focus on that. And he, you know, he, I, I like him. I would have been one hundred percent fine if he didn't leave at the trade deadline. Right. But I, you know, early, early on in the season, we were having a conversation between Sam and I, and then some of the people that sat in our section, and they were asking us, "Are like, what do you think? Do you think he's going to stay?" And I'm like, "No, I really think he's gone at the trade deadline." not because he's not a contributor to this team. And if you look at this team and you see where they started and where they're at now, you can see a lot of that, like the influence of Jay Crowder, like what he brought with him to the table. But I just felt like he was a piece that they were probably not going to retain. And so if they could get some sort of return on him, that they would move him because this front office has been making smarter moves than the last front office. And so that, that was something I said, I'm fine if he stays, but I'm okay with him going because, you know, if you let him walk at the end of the year, you get nothing in return for him. So. Right. And then he built up a good relationship with the younger players as well. And I, I really like that. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't, he was never, I watch. I, I can't remember if I was reading if it was an article or if it was a video interview where he was talking about when when it came through that he was supposed to go to Memphis and his agents like, okay, I'm gonna start working on seeing what we can do to get you moved. And he's like, no, 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 hold up. 
let's talk about what I can do with this young team in Memphis. Right. And, and I like that he embraced that as opposed to uh, the way Iguodala, like, I'm sorry, I'm Iggy. Iggy. The way that say, Iggy approached Iggy. it. Um, and I didn't, I didn't catch it. Like, where were you at on the whole Iggy thing? Like, I, okay, I know there was some like, there's like two sides of of the thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I understand how the players felt about him, like basically saying that you know, just like I like y'all, but I don't want to be there with you guys. And I understand his standpoint of wanting to take hold of his career or whatever, because the Grizzly allowed him to sit home. It was a mutual agreement. I understand both sides of it. And then it's just like, I didn't like the fact that people were saying, well, Iggy is not good or whatever. But it's just like he still was a good defensive player. He, he didn't need to be an offensive player in Golden State. He didn't yeah. need to be. When you have Seth Curry <laughs> and Clay Thompson, why would you need to be a good offensive player? They yeah. all, and you come off the bench, all they need you to do is defend. Yeah, he knew That's, what his role was, and he done that well. That's the bottom line. He could have came and helped the, helped the guys. Like Jay, Jay Crowder in uh, Solomon Hill did. That's not something he wanted to do. And the Grizzlies allowed him to do that. So it's just like I see both sides of the issue. So as a uh, as a Grizzlies fan, do you do you have like is there gonna be like hate Frigodal when he comes back to Memphis? Or are you just like, man, it's whatever he's making the best decision for him and his career? So I don't take it personal. He's still well, he I mean, it's just that people are gonna still be mad. Yeah. They're, they're still gonna be mad regardless. Because it's just like people are gonna take that as like that's a slight, you know, he don't wanna be in Memphis. But once player players get here and they see how the city and the fans embrace brace brace them and they mm-hmm. see see how the city is, they, they fall in love with it. But most guys want to go to, you know, other teams in, you know, yeah, like large. LA, New York, and large markets, you know, Miami or whatever. They, yeah. you know, Memphis is a small market team, and some guys don't want to be here. But I think that might change once, you know, the teams start winning and build around John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Maybe players want to come and play in the city, play for the city. Yeah, I think the team makeup has a lot. I know the market obviously affects that, like the size of the city that, that they're in. But I think as these guys continue to develop, even if they miss the playoffs this year, this year's already a success in my book. I, I They're already above what I projected them as far as win-wise this year. And so, like, this year's a win for me. Whatever happens from here moving forward, obviously I would love it if they make the playoffs. But if they don't, this year's still a win for me because these guys got the experience from now until the end of the season. They're going to be in the race, whether they make it or not. They're going to get that experience. So that's going to help them develop. And then, you know, wherever they go from there, that that you could draw may, maybe not the biggest of free agents, but guys like that that one piece that you're going to need to put you over the top, you may draw him to Memphis because of the team makeup, and so that's you know 
if you have stars that are here that want to stay, you're going to draw other people. Just like, you know, Paul George to, to OKC, he wanted to play with Russ. And, you know, it didn't work out. But because of who was there, he wanted to go and give it a shot. And I, I think, you know, I agree with you on that, that in the future that you may see a guy that maybe wouldn't necessarily consider Memphis if they were not a competitor, but because of the team that they have, that he'll uh, consider coming to town. Right, and then it's just like the new, younger players, some of them might not, you know, look for the bright lights, you know? They may look for, you know, smaller market teams to play for because, like, the some sometimes the bright lights don't phase them, you know, with the newer generation. Yeah, they, they don't need all the bells and whistles and stuff right. like that. Yeah. They just want to play basketball. Gotcha. Some of the new age, you know, players. Well, here's a curveball. What do you think of the Cavaliers trading for uh, Drummond, Andre Drummond? Yeah, you're about right. Man, that was crazy. That blew my. Like, that's the worst like, trade in the last ten years. Hurt. He was hurt. He was like, "What?" Yeah, I couldn't. There's nothing that anybody can do to convince me that in the trade talks that they had earlier in the season for Drummond, that nobody offered them something better than two mediocre bench players and a second huh. round pick. Like I, I realize like where Drummond is, where he is as far as his contract, but I don't like, that was just crazy to me. Like that caliber of a player to move to a team for, you know, Henson and Knight are career bench players and I don't, you know, guys can improve, but I don't see them ever being anything other than that. And yeah. then a second round pick. Yeah, but why would Cleveland accept him and they have Tristan Thompson? So I mean, what I mean, I don't I don't I don't understand. <laughs> I yeah. don't understand. I think you know, Tristan has had a lot of health issues. Yeah. He he hasn't been healthy in a while. And they may be, you know, there were talks about him buying like them buying him out. But mm-hmm. then now, you know, the reports are they're not going to buy him out. Right. It was, I think it's a talent thing. Like, they saw Drummond and they're like, okay, right. you know, he, they, they got him for this year and then they have the team option for next year. Maybe they felt like he fit better with that core. I, I don't know. That, that's, I can't say I blame them for, like, what they gave up to get him. Yeah. If he ends up staying in Cleveland, you know, they gave up basically nothing. And then on the, the same side of that, if you're Detroit and you're like, okay, is Drummond going to walk? If we let him walk, we're going to get nothing out of him. And so maybe these players that you traded for are not part of your plan, but the draft asset is something that you can get somebody, you know, you're guaranteed you're going to get something out of it, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know what the Pistons were. Cause I, I, this is just me talking. I think Drummond probably would have stayed because he said he wanted to stay with Detroit. You know, it's kind of like with Blake Griffin with the Clippers. And we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, before Blake was traded to the Pistons a year before last, he was going to stay with the Clippers. He was he was the Clippers guy. You know, he had loyalty with, it, with that team. And I think Drummond was the exact same way. And then now they trade him off to, you know, Cavaliers for absolutely nothing at that point. I... I think Drummond would have stayed, but I mean, of course, now he's not. But I don't know. But but we always people always talking about well, these players they're not loyal. They're not doing this and doing that and whatever. 
And then look how the team sweet. Uh, yeah, it, it's a exactly. two-way street. Right, yeah, and it, this, it's absolutely that, that why. That is why that I'm not really upset at Andre Iguodala for doing what he did. That that that's why. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that side of it. I like I understand. And and players are doing that. Like LeBron James has kind of pioneered that as far as like taking control of your career. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and that's you know, DeMar DeRozan is a perfect example of that. Like he he loved Toronto and that dude was legitimately hurt when he got traded. I didn't even think about that one. That's a but, good example. Yeah, not like loyalty goes two ways. Why should the player why yeah. why should the player give you a discount and be loyal exactly. to you? When if somebody comes knocking and they're offering you something, you're just going to move that player down the road. And I think the the players are realizing it's more business, and that's what you see you see that word used a lot. And so, yeah, that's I, I definitely 100% agree with you there. Like loyalty is is a, it's a two way street. If the teams aren't going to be loyal, why should the players be? Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Um, no, unless you guys want to talk about something else. <laughs> I think I would like for you to come back on sometime. I, I would like that. So maybe we can do this again at a later date. I know like scheduling, we've been trying to do this for a little while and ironing out the logistics are the hardest part of this. So yeah. if we can get you back on sometime, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I like other point of views. So I enjoyed the conversation. Okay. Um, well, appreciate it. All right. So I'm gonna before you go, I'm gonna let you tell everybody where they can find you, like uh, your Twitter handle, hit the website, okay, anything my, else, and then yeah, and then well, we'll let you go. Okay. My t- uh, Twitter handle is Sharon Shy Brown at Sharon Shy Brown, and you can find me on um, MemphisFlyer.com. Awesome. All right. Fantastic. I I really really appreciate you coming on, taking your time. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us today. This one's coming to you a little bit late. Um, man, honest to goodness, just life happens. I My fiance was pregnant, and our little girl decided she wanted to make an early appearance. So things have just been late. Sharon and I sat down just right around the time the trade deadline uh, was coming, and then I have been busy dealing with stuff with my little girl. So we will be back in full form coming up shortly. We're going to get back on the bandwagon here as soon as possible and stop missing out and get you guys some good quality content. You can find me on Twitter at dwill2111. Sam is at sammyb1118. And the show is at Grizz. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, good. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.